Hello there, my name's Justin. I am a current CT1. And I'm Tom. I'm a respiratory registrar in London. So welcome to the Optimize interview IMT knowledge section. Uh, today we'll be talking about uh, respiratory, in particular the uh, management investigation and assessment of pulmonary embolism at an IMT level. So uh, pulmonary embolism is something that can sort of quite potentially come out uh, as an interview station. Uh, I've known it to come out in previous interview cycles, so something you definitely sort of want to be quite well versed in. Uh, at an SHO level, I think you would be um, expected to identify uh, a likely pulmonary embolism, uh, know how to investigate it, how to assess it, check for any high risk features, knowing when to escalate and how to manage, so, so initiate sort of initial management. So in terms of assessment, uh, you'd want to know sort of history obviously is, is, is very important in, in determining how you'd want to, to manage, uh, so to inve further investigate a PE. So uh, firstly, investigating their symptoms. Uh, so thinking about shortness of breath, thinking about pleuritic chest pain, uh, as well as any other potentially higher risk features such as hemoptysis or syncope. Um, in the history, you'd probably want to know whether there are any risk factors as well for PE, uh, and that will sort of build your uh, weight around a particular diagnosis. So uh, particular risk factors to be aware of are whether or not they're on HRT, particularly in sort of menopausal, postmenopausal women, uh, whether they've had any recent immobilization, uh, surgery, any active cancer, uh, pregnancy, or having a high BMI. Um, and I think assess assessment of those risk, risk factors um, above will sort of guide you as to how you would further investigate the patient uh, thinking about risk scoring. Um, was there anything there that uh, you think was important to add? Yeah, I think uh, I think identifying um, VTE risk factors is really, really important. Um, you mentioned with major ones, I would include uh, postpartum period alongside pregnancy, because that's particularly high risk time. Um, also, uh, family history of um, VTE or personal history of VTE. Having a previous clot yourself does obviously put you at increased risk. Um, also, you know, are they already on anticoagulation, um, either for a previous PE or for another unrelated reason, such as AF? Because obviously that would um, perhaps adjust the um, likelihood of it being a PE in your mind. And something that I forgot to mention as well is, is obviously knowing the risk factors will also guide your management, uh, because then you'll know whether or not it's a provoked or unprovoked uh, PE. But more on that uh, in just a couple of minutes. So in terms of uh, examination, again, you, you in the interview, you'll probably want to go for an A to E approach, but uh, knowing sort of what examination uh, features to look out for, uh, which we'll talk about, and maybe just think about incorporating that into, uh, into your A to E assessment. So as with any assessment before you even approach the patient, you'd want to know what their vital signs are, whether they've got any signs of hemodynamic instability, uh, so looking at their blood pressure and their heart rate, 
also whether they've got any hypoxemia, so looking at respiratory rate and um, uh, oxygen levels as well. Um, particular to the examination, uh, things that you want to look out for uh, is any evidence of deep vein thrombosis. So looking at their calves, whether they're equal bilateral, whether they're tender, whether they're erythematous, and sometimes what you can do is measure it as well uh, with a measuring tape, and that, that sometimes factors into to their risk scoring. Um, things, to, things that are important to mention definitely in the interview is that you're looking for evidence of large PEs of high clot burden, which uh, might sort of have features of hypotension, uh, syncope, tachycardia, any, evidences of, any evidence of right heart strain. Um, so any uh, sort of peripheral edema or a raised JVP. Uh, I think the, these are the ones that I think are specific to PE, but obviously you want to sort of mention that you would do all the other sort of bits of the respiratory examination as well, uh, such as percussion and auscultation, making sure they've got good air entry and that they've not got sort of consolidation which might suggest a you know different cause for for their shortness of breath for instance um anything there tom that uh... um yeah i mean i think I'm, I'm i'm sure you're going to um going to come on to this but i think you know the the most important thing to recognize um in pe um is the is the presence of any hypotension or hemodynamic instability um so the reason patients die of pulmonary embolism is due to right ventricular failure um, rather than anything else um and uh the sequence of events is you know the rv fails and then that impacts the filling of the left heart and then you you drop your cardiac output, you drop your systemic blood pressure. And if you're in the position where you're hypotensive, essentially you're in cardiogenic shock. Um, and that is a, a medical emergency. And in a from an IMT point of view, needs um, immediate um, escalation to um, the most senior people available. Um, so just with the assessment, I thought I'd sort of uh, mention briefly as well the risk scores, um, just because they are quite sort of key to, to well, central to, to the investigation of, of PE. Um, so things to maybe look up, I won't go into too much detail here about sort of the, you know, the, each of the fine point, points of each scoring, but I think the common ones to, to be aware of uh, is, is the well score. Uh, the Geneva score and the PERC score, and that's something you maybe want to look up and, and see and maybe familiarise yourself with before the interview. Um, is there one that, that you, you use particularly, Tom, does that, does that vary from place uh, to place as well? Yes, I mean, the, the, the one which um, I would use uh, most often day to day in, in clinical practice is the PESI score, um, which classifies people into four risk categories, with four being the highest. Um, but probably even more important than that is the um, the classification system, which is used by the um, European Respiratory Society and European Cardiology Society in their joint guideline, which is very good. Um, essentially, it classifies people into high risk PE, um, which by definition means hemodynamic instability um, with RV dysfunction, intermediate high risk PE, 
or intermediate risk, which is they're hemodynamically stable, but are at risk of deteriorating. So maybe they have some RV impairment or dilation on CT or echo. Maybe they have raised troponin, raised BNP. Those people, you know, should be watched and may deteriorate. Um, and then low risk of people with, you know, obviously hemodynamic stable, no evidence of any um, right heart strain or raised cardiac biomarkers. And those people can probably be discharged and managed um, as an outpatient. Um, so I think I think having that um, classification system from the um, from the ERS ESC PE guidelines is um, is the most important thing in like risk stratification really. Great. Uh, so in terms of uh, investigations, so uh, I guess most commonly in terms of blood tests, I think D dimer is used. Uh, quite commonly to see whether or not PE can be ruled out, but important to note that D-dimer isn't necessarily very specific of a test and it can be elevated and maybe therefore unhelpful in, in a number of conditions such as you know, sepsis or malignancy. Um, the gold standard for investigation of PE is a CTPA. Um, so, you know, you'd want to get that for someone that you, you know, you suspect has a PE. Um, other things you want to think about is uh, blood tests. So having FBC to, you know, look at whether, which might point you towards a different direction if, if, you know, they've got raised inflammatory markers in a CRP. Um, importantly, knowing what their renal function is like, particularly if they're going for a CTPA uh, because of contrast use. Um, uh, but it's also important as a baseline anyways for those who, who might need anticoagulation. Uh, so you'd want to know uh, what their baseline renal function and liver function are like. And you want to know maybe perhaps what their coagulation uh, profile is like as well, whether they've got any coagulopathies. Uh, but it's also important to know if they are a candidate for uh, thrombolysis. Um, and it might also help for establishing a baseline for, for potential anticoagulation as well. Um, other sort of as a side things to mention are you might want to think about getting uh, a transthoracic echo to check for any evidence of right heart strain if you think there is uh, any evidence of that uh, and thinking about a VQ scan in patients in whom uh, a CTPA would be contraindicated so uh, whether they've got renal impairment, uh, contrast allergy or, or pregnancy I think are the common the common scenarios that you might you know want to consider a VQ scan. Yeah I mean um, so obviously with the with the CT report um, they will often uh, comment on whether there's any right heart strain on the CT as well. Um, if there is then that can be a trigger for me to think about checking the troponin, checking the BMP, thinking about do you need to get an echo to more formally assess their RV function. Um, so yeah, I, the CT can also be quite good at telling you um, about RV strain. Um, VQ scan, I mean, it varies a bit by local policy. Um, I, if if I genuinely thought that a pregnant woman, pre pregnant woman had a PE, um, my view and the view of the our local uh, maternal medicine team as well would be that they should have the gold standard test and you shouldn't deny them the gold standard test because they're pregnant. Um, but obviously opinions may um, may vary locally. 
Um, similarly, with renal impairment, I'd say, you know, if you're um, genuinely worried that they've got a PE and that it would change their management, um, then, you know, get the CTPA if the risks, if the benefits outweigh, outweigh the risks. Uh, contrast allergy is obviously a hard contraindication to CTPA. Yeah, uh, and I think again, uh, as, I think in in PE, I think they probably in IMT scenario, they, they probably won't throw sort of too many curveballs in terms. No, of they no, want no. to know, you know, how you want to manage, you know, a, a stone sort of called sort of PE, uh, rather than trying to try to catch you out on the minutiae. Um, but I guess mentioning it as a side, if you have time, does show a high level of understanding. But definitely not not sort of essential to 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 sort of say in past year interviews. Uh, 